This is Dessert. Let's get straight to the point. Welcome to another podcast from Deserter, the aspirational lifestyle guide for those with a predilection for doing fuck all. I'm the Dulwich Raider. And I'm the Dirty South. Uh, we're back in the sheaf in Borough, in mm. beautiful South London, cuddling up to an old friend, a pint of Young's Ordinary. On today's show, we'll be telling you where we've been and what we found. What we found that blew our minds. Yep, and uh, our main topic today is a four-letter word. Shit. No, we're going to talk about W-O-R-K. Walk. (laughs) Work. Is there anything good about it? How do you survive it? Or indeed, avoid it? We'll also be bringing news in our areas of special interests, pubs, rabbits, and global political discourse. First up, though, Dirty South, where the hell have you been? Well, I left the reservation this week. I Mm. went across the water to North Woolwich uh, on the Woolwich Ferry, and I wrote a piece about it. It's on the site, it's on the front page, with the spurious uh, suggestion that we should um, reclaim North Woolwich for South London. Right. Where it used to belong, uh, not physically, but uh, in other ways. So let's get this straight. Woolwich, home of South London football giants, Arsenal, is in the south, former home, if you must, is in the south. And North Woolwich is across the water in North London. Yes, it is. And it's always been part of Woolwich, even though it is on the other side of the water. It's it's a strange anomaly. There's no other place like it in London in that respect. Mm. And until about 50 years ago, it was part of the same town. And it used to be called Detached Woolwich. I don't know why they didn't just get their own name, you know. Yeah, well, wasn't it it given to one person? So I suppose it was just easier. It was given to the Sheriff of Kent. Yeah. But... um, before it was called Detached Woolwich, it was called Woolwich in the Parts of Essex. It's a bit of a yeah. mouthful. Um, yeah. Sounds a bit rude, like it might be a <laughs> pilot episode for Towie or something. <laughs> and um, what was there? Well, not an awful lot. Only two pubs. One was a stripper's pub and the other was a sort of quite a nice, welcoming estate pub. Is that a pub where strippers go for a pint or uh, where stripping no, was going on? Right, that's where stripping yeah. was going yeah. on. And wow. Yeah, in in 2016, yeah. quite quite odd. One thing I didn't put in the article was a story I read about North Woolwich. It was it was part of the city of London long before West Ham was, which was much closer to the city. Hmm. And uh, it came up in Parliament because the MP for South Essex wanted West Ham to be included in the metropolitan area because um, he was pissed off that North Woolwich had that right. privilege. And the main the main thing that he uh, focused on. The, in fact, the only thing he focused on was that if it was in the city, West Ham's pubs could open longer. Oh. <laughs> two and a half hours longer a day. That was the big thing. Who says our MPs don't fight for the good? Exactly. Hats off. Hats off. And what about you, Ray? Are you... Uh... Yes. Well, you came with me, didn't you? We had a lovely wander around Brixton. That also is up on the site now. Um, that was a really lovely wander um, round what Zero, a uh, commenter on the site, suggests is the capital of South London, mm-hmm. Brixton. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that, really. I mean... No, probably not. Peckhamites ca- might be annoyed. Yeah, uh, Borough, maybe. Borough, yeah. 
Heather Green's not going to really clean up all the it's it? It's not, no. no. Greenwich? Greenwich <laughs> might, yes. Yeah, that, I mean, that's well south. Well, it's well east, isn't it? Could that be? Can you have a capital that far east? Well, London. L- London, <laughs> London. <laughs> London, the capital of London. Anyway, we went to Brixton essentially to see what it has to offer today uh, and basically squeeze it for a good time. Um, but I think in a place like Brixton, it inevitably, inevitably ended up being something of a bit of a lament for places lost, like... Canterbury Arms, mm. uh, where we had a great night, didn't we? Uh, dressed yeah. as uh, admirals, um, like Mango Landing, George the Fourth on Brixton Hill—they're all gone, you know. So it's difficult to sort of wander through Brixton without noticing these things. But we still did manage to have a, a good time, and we ended up in the windmill, uh, which was an absolute cracking shot in the arm of old Brixton. You know, the smell yeah. of ale. Rock and roll football on out the back, a bit of Ajivada in the garden. It was just truly wonderful. Um, we did have, a, did have a bit of trouble finding a place that served decent beer, um, and a couple of people got in touch with us to say we missed uh, the Crown and Anchor and Fern, uh, what's the one in Ferndale, Duke of Edinburgh, yeah. and uh, indeed the Trinity, which we haven't mentioned before. And we just we didn't get to them that day. Um, because really, we're only human, aren't we? I, mean, I think we'd already done a dozen. Exactly. I mean, there are limits even for us. Um, but they, they are always, uh, they're, they're, all, the, all those pubs are very good as well. Often, usually you'd get a good pint in the Ephra Social as well, wouldn't you? But of course, yeah. we were a bit too early for that, which is one of the perils of daytime partying, really. Yeah, I mean, Brixton probably is more for the nightlife than it is the afternoon boozer. Yes, indeed, that's true. We found that in Peckham before, haven't we? Because uh, yeah. sometimes it's sometimes difficult to find places open at 11am. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Vinny, you went back to watch some three-sided football, which you'd written about uh, a month or so ago. I did, yes. I went back to uh, Fordham Park in, in New Cross to uh, catch a three-sided game. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's uh, an extraordinary game of football with three teams, three goals and one ball. And the winner uh, is the, the team that concedes the least. Uh, and if you if you do win, you get no points and you win the league by having the fewest points. So you yeah. really have to change your your view of how the game is played and thought about. Not least during the game itself, because you know, alliances are formed very fluidly, aren't they? And and then broken perhaps almost immediately. That's right. I mean, if you're playing against a, a team that's a bit tasty, you might team up with the third team to try and get one up on them. And then you might find if they're defending well that you know the your ally's goal is untended and you might want to just switch your own and yeah. uh, score against them and yeah so that's going on all the time you know it's um so that is the fascinating when game. is that actually played in case anyone wants to go and have a look at it yes yeah, the first sunday of every month at fordham park just behind new cross station and they have, they mark out two hexagonal pitches because there are six teams in the Deptford league and they all play it's a, a fun spectacle. Uh, I also liked that uh, one of the teams, Cesaria FC, they're the Polish team, quite a good team. They were bringing back the half-time fag. There was oh, at least a couple of them yeah. in a snout. Well, it's not half-time, it's third time. Yeah. Because they, they, they have three-thirds. Yeah, uh, game of three halves. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's, it's played, although, although that, I think that is the main league in England, uh, in, in South London. It's played all over the world and there is a World Cup played every, mm. every three years, naturally. 
But so, speaking of football, yes, I hmm. did go to a two-sided game as well a couple of weeks ago. Oh, how boring. <laughs> I know. Uh, but it was a South East London derby between uh, Greenwich Borough and uh, Dulwich Hamlet. Hmm. Lovely to see Greenwich Borough back in the borough. Yes. They've been off to Dartford for a while. Which uh, Mike Urban from Brixton Buzz uh, found rather later than the rest of us. He went to the to Dartford and made it That's for right. some of the second half. He did. Um, I think he said he'd been he'd walked eight miles by the time he got there. But uh, yeah, no wonder he's so slim. <laughs> but nevertheless, managed to take some great photos. I thought in the twenty minutes he was there, they um, were great <laughs> photos because they were of things like the corner flags and the yeah, you know, lovely details, yeah. great pieces on Bri- Brixton Buzz. That is, and it was a lovely little ground. And and one thing I liked about it, it had a bar, but it had a, a bar with a beer garden, which is very unusual at a football ground. Yeah, um, that's a bonus. But it's always a pleasure watching Dulwich Hamlet. They won the game. Mm. They were quite comfortable early on. And, um, yeah, the, the crowd, you know, they're a funny crowd. And I remember there was one of those moments in the game where there's a crunching tackle goes mm. in and, mm. uh, you know, you instinctively want to protest. And then we all kind of back down and sort of mumble to ourselves, oh, it was a good, it was a good challenge. Yeah. Except for uh, Pompey Dunk, who shouted out, Best tackle of your life! Wasted. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. Excellent. What's up next? Is it our main topic? It is our main topic. Our main topic, work. The four-letter word. Uh, The evil necessity. What is work? I mean, I'm not talking about endeavour here. Endeavour can be um, good for the soul, especially if there's a pint at the end of it. But I'm talking about... Essentially, the giving up of your time in exchange for being allowed to live. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for allowing me to live. It's insupportable. It is. I mean, there are good things about it. Yeah. I mean, um, first day is exciting. First day is exciting. Second one less so. And so on. And so on. But yes, I mean, you you will get the odd sense of achievement. You will meet some nice people, or possibly even make friends. I don't know the. A sense of status, of course there's the, the money, but um, let's not get hung up on these good things, <laughs> because overall, all these are you know, gradually, for me at least, eroded over time by pressure, responsibility, boredom, and simply the colossal waste of time. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I like the people thing. I mean, it's, there's always somebody there who will make you laugh or that you can make laugh at the very least, which yeah. is the next best thing. Kind of keeps you going. Or there's someone you fancy, you know. Yeah. Um, for me, work is about laughter and unrequited love. Yes. <laughs> and let's not forget napping. Yeah. I mean, one of the key ways you can make work bearable is by catching up on your sleep. And we have uh, dealt with that in a piece on the article some time ago, uh, on, the, on the website. It's a very important aspect of the working day. Yeah. Getting paid for sleeping yes. is, is, is crucial. But today, uh, we're not so much looking at ways to make it bearable, are we? Uh, we're um, actually going back to basics and having a think about how to avoid it in the first place. Mm. It's a public service remit. It is. It's, it is. It's a public service. You may say, what good is this if I've already got a job? You know, yeah. It's a fair point. But I think what, we're, what we'll be going through today is useful also for... Avoiding promotions and mm. you know, heading off headhunters, that sort of thing. So that's all the key ways to um, stop yourself getting too much work. 
Yeah. One of the thing, things I hate about it is is that this this premise that you have to work your ass off until you're nearly seventy and then you get your reward. Yeah. When you're physically hideous. I would say that. Hanging round to your ankles. I, I don't know if that's possible. But <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. You're not a doctor. <laughs> not. Um, you know, I'd like to see it. The, the other way around. Yeah. 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 You, you get a job at 20. Oh. You take 25 years off, and then you go in. Take it from there. You know. Mm, mm. You spent all the money. That ne- you've had the nest egg first. I see. Yeah. And then it still involves work, doesn't it? Well, um, when you go in a forward, well, you know, go sick. You know. Yeah. Go I sick mean, early. I'm still working on that as a plan. But yes. Uh, so basically, I mean, you know, retire. When you leave education, yes, see how you get on. Spend all the money, yeah. yeah. Rather yeah. than see how long you get at the end, yes, take Fair a big point. chunk yes. straight away and see what's left. They can have what's left <laughs> if there's anything left. So we're going to take you through an interview scenario. Kind of imagine, I think that you've been perhaps you've been sent down by sent down from the job centre. Uh, it's been three weeks since you've um, had an interview or applied for a job. There's no way to get out of it. What do you do? First of all, when you turn up the interview room, there are a number of gambits you can initially do to put your employer off. We like removing your shoes, lighting a fag, it's a good one, and taking the interviewer's chair always works very well. Perhaps a combination of those to really, really head off any chance of employment. During the interview... General rules are to avoid eye contact. Mm-hmm. And it only encourages them, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, just just look at your shoes, mumble, mm-hmm. slouch. Yeah. Um, I mean, got to be careful with the slouch because it can suggest a sort of relaxed confidence that is attractive to employers. So yes. you might want to combine it with a with a twitch or something yeah. like that. Um, or really be committed to the slouch and and make sure your your back is horizontal with the chair, you know. Yeah, really uh, go for it. Really yeah. go for it. I mean you could even go on the floor. Fall on the tea and biscuits or anything that's offered like you haven't eaten for a week, you know, mm. just get get the get stuck over. In. Yeah. Ask um, for more. Yeah, ask for more and uh, you know clearly the implication there is that you're not used to having breakfast, let alone being up. And uh, then you have the interview itself. Um, start with some blather, uh, just your name and education. Try to get in the fact that after college, you had to have 10 years off to get your head together, because mm. that will set alarm bells ringing for the interviewer. And then after that, the questions usually follow more or less the following format. We'll take you through that. Okay, shall I be the interviewer then? You be the interviewer. Okay. Uh, thank you, Mr. Raider. So I'm just going to run through a few questions. Shoot. Would you describe yourself as a team player? No. Well, let me put it another way. Are you comfortable working in an environment of collegiate decision-making? No. I see. What are your three favourite words? Uh, Taciturn and aloof. And the third? That is three. So it is. And can you describe yourself in three words? I only need two. Lone wolf. Right. What would you say is your biggest weakness? Probably my honesty. I'm not sure honesty counts as a weakness. I couldn't give a fuck what you think. Okay. Can you give me an example of how you plan ahead? Yep, I'm going on a massive bender this weekend, so can we get the medical out of the way this afternoon? And can you give me an example of a time you encountered a problem at work and explain what initiative you took to overcome it? Sure. Uh, I once shat myself in a meeting. Uh, The trousers had to go, but I stuck a couple of leg holes in a bin liner and I still made it to Wendy's Leaving Drinks, where we got absolutely cunted. 
Could you describe your ideal role? Something stimulating, meaningful, rewarding, but until then I'm happy to work in this shithole. And where do you see yourself in five years? Almost free of drugs, no longer carrying a police caution. What experience do you have that is relevant to this position? Well, how would I know? I haven't started yet. And finally, is there anything you'd like to ask me? Yeah, what's the best thing for genital herpes? I meant about the company. Is there anything you'd like to ask me about the company and its goals? Certainly not. Look, thanks for everything. I've got to skip. If you need me for anything, I'll be in the pub with Big Tone and the twins. There we have it, yes. So if you get all that right, it's likely that the intervie- your interviewer will call the DWP and your file will be permanently marked unemployable. Your work is done. Pint? Pint? <laughs> On to the news. Uh, the yes, news. So news. There was a great voting shock. Tremendous voting week. shock this week. I mean, honestly, first Brexit and now this. Four yeah. of diamonds are off X Factor. Can you believe it? Uh, you're, f- you're familiar with Four of Diamonds? Um, He's a lovely lad. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but um, no, moving not. swiftly on to uh, politics, um, has anything um, struck no. you about this week? No, I haven't seen, noticed it. Well, there was one thing I noticed in the newspaper, actually. Um, I noticed that Greg's have opened an eighth store in Croydon. Oh, that is good. <laughs> that, I mean, that could be an article right there, couldn't it? Yeah. I mean, what would you have in each of them? Well, you'd start with you'd start with a sausage roll. You'd have classic, to start with a sausage roll, yeah. I'd not have an eight of them though. You'd probably have two. Yeah. One and two sausage roll. Yeah. By three, maybe you'd go for the sausage and bean melt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sausage and bean melt. Uh, what is melting there? That's what my concern is. I don't know. I mean, one assumes it's cheese, it's cheese, but it could be so hot the actual beans are melting. <laughs> oh, no. No, I'm going to have a sausage roll again. I'm going to have three sausage rolls and then go straight for the Christmas cranberry and stuffing. That's it. They need a licence, really, because yeah. um, I'm going to need a pint after all that. Yes. Man flan? They do a man flan? Is that the steak bake? Is it? I don't know. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, on to more serious news, if that's at all possible. Uh, of course, we heard about Heathrow getting a third runway. Yeah. Or Maybe we didn't hear about it because of all the plane noise. Yeah. Fuckers. <laughs> um, I'll work on that one. Um, so, uh, <laughs> my, my, my point is, post-Brexit, mm. shouldn't we be having less runways? Unless it's Remainers leaving. Oh. I mean, you might say, I'd well, that. there's less of... So, the, the, this runway could be built for all the Remainers leaving? Well, you still need a runway for whether they're leaving or, or landing. Clever, clever. But, um, yeah, it's disappointing, isn't it? We I like, hate the noise. I mean, I don't know if you suffer from it, but, yeah, it drives I do, me yeah, mental. Yeah. Are you under a flight path? I am, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's the only way I know. I'm in Blackheath. It's the only way I know I'm in London. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, our friend Bales, he claims he left Nunhead, he left London for Norwich because of the plane noise. Um, <laughs> He's a sensitive boy. He's a very sensitive boy. Possibly had something to do with the house prices as well. But, um, yeah, he was saying the other day, since he's been in Norwich, he's heard this sort of low, almost inaudible hum, known as the Norwich hum. (laughs) Uh, Apparently it is a thing. Uh, 
Other, other, other people he's spoken to out there have heard it as well. He's become Norfolk, normal for Norfolk. <laughs> Norfolk. <laughs> he's become Norfolk. Um, so he's found himself at like four in the morning cycling around the Norfolk hills yeah, in his pyjamas looking for the source of this hum, <laughs> which he thinks he's, he's discovered in some sort of waterworks or something. Uh, anyway, that's what noise can do to you. Right. So yeah. what all is said and done, we don't want any more noise, do we? No, I suppose not. Not that Not that sort of noise, no. Um, That's the news that Heathrow is to get a new runway, whether we like it or not. Yeah, I think we're probably against it, uh, although it did get Zach Goldsmith to resign, so I'm quite happy about that. Maybe we're all for it. (laughs) Um, Other news, business rates are set to increase, leading to a surge in the price of a pint. I was wondering where we were going there. This is the news that business rates of all central London riverside boozers will be going up markedly, sometimes as much as 30%. Um, business rates being some sort of arcane calculation based on the rentable value of your premises in the open market in 2007, multiplied by a made-up number from the government. Jesus. Um, no wonder I missed it. Absolutely. Yeah, don't, don't just read the headline. Um, so yeah, this is really, it could be very annoying. It could be like a pound on a pint, although some some pubs. I mean, it's pricey enough, isn't it's it? It's pricey enough, and you're already paying a fiver by the river, aren't you? So we were thinking of more possibly doing some sort of general strike, an all-day general strike. Yeah, let's take action, yeah. direct action. All day, in the pub. Yeah, sitting. A bit like today. Yeah. Um, talking of pubs, a little bit of pub. News. Yes, the Ravensbourne Arms has closed in Lewisham. Uh, the Antic have closed it down in a bit of a hurry. I know they're opening um, the Market Tavern in, at the other end of the High Street, which is great because yeah. they, they really need one down there. But they're not doing that in quite so much of a hurry, unfortunately. Mm. So, yeah, that's disappointing. So they, they've essentially closed what is currently a pub and it will never be a pub again. Uh, and that is disappointing, so. yeah. yeah There's a reminder you know, if proof be need be, that um, Antic is a business. Yeah. And for all the good they do, and they do a damn lot of it. They do. Um, they also like to make a bit of dosh. Yeah. And there's another pub, well, it's open, the Spit and Sawdust near the Elephant, um, mm. maybe filling some of the gap left by the Glads closing, which That's we mentioned right. last week. Um, They'll be taking some of their... Bands. They may well be, yes. Yeah, they went down to one of the last gigs and uh, liked what they saw. And um, that, that would be great because uh, we thought we were losing all that from, from, from the Glad. And for, for the music to go on there, that would be, that would be great. They, it, we haven't been there yet. Might go there today, actually. Mm. Um, looks like a really Thank good beer much. selection. And, uh, yeah, Funny name. People like that. It is. It's not great, is it? Spit and Sawdust. I mean... You'd probably get escorted from the premises if you did spit. Yeah, probably, yeah. And do you, do you, do you want sawdust? I mean, I'm in sandals. <laughs> I can play havoc with my eczema. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's one other place that we thought we'd just mention, uh, the Water into Beer in Brockley, which sounds like a, a fascinating combination of a, a supply shop for home brewers and bottle and beer shop with a couple of tables in uh, to sit in and have one there. Tim got in touch and um, 
we don't want to say too much at this point. We don't want no. to dob him in. Yeah. <laughs> All will become clear. Perhaps we'll get him on at some point to uh, have a chat about it. But, um, yeah, suffice it to say that currently Tim's leading something for double life. Um, but we've yet to drop into Water Into Beer near the station in Brooklyn, and we'll be doing that very soon. And I do like that name, Water Into Beer. Yes. It's, um, it's, it's that kind of kooky Jesus thing, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Jesus on acid. Uh, and don't you have news from Canopy? I do, I do. Exclusive. Ex- exclusive. This is our exclusive this week. I mean, honestly, they just keep coming, don't yeah. they? I mean, why us? Um, so, yeah, the news is, uh, this, after the sad demise of Late Nights, one of our favourites, and the brewer of Deserter IPA, soon to make a return, we lost the Edgar Cale Pale Ale from Dulwich Hamlet. Mm. Dunwich Hamlet FC. Um, so the the, the, uh, the the gauntlet has been taken up by Canopy, based in Hernhill, which is a lovely brewery under the arch, isn't it? Yeah, Something great little bar. Yeah, yeah, lovely bar. They are set to make uh, a, a customised beer for Dunwich Hamlet now. It will be called Hamlet Pale Ale, and available from the next, the next home, game. home game. Yeah. And, uh, all home games. All home games sure. after that. And I'm sure it'll be... Um, if it's anything like the Sunray Pale Ale that Canopy do, I'm sure it'll be absolutely delicious. Yeah. And there's no other football ground where you get such a fantastic array of fresh ales. No, that is true. That is very true. It's probably worth mentioning that, isn't it? I mean, obviously, they've had their problems in the past in getting it out to the people what drink yes, it. I know, yes. But I think things are getting are better there. The queues are long, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, Canopy, the new Dulwich Hamlet FC beer, Hamlet Pale Ale, available from now on. And finally, the news of the Barnes Rabbit is back. Are you familiar with the Barnes Rabbit? Oh, yes. Well, I saw the pictures, yeah. Yeah, Amazing. the pictures are on our website. Um, we'll point them to you in a minute. But this is, this is someone who dresses up as a rabbit on the first of every month and stands by the river waving at the traffic in Barnes. Right. Uh, and we, no one really knows why he does it, or indeed if it is a bloke. Mm. It is a bloke. It's a bloke. It's a bloke, isn't it? Yeah. So every, on the first of every month, if you're interested, you can go down, to, drive around Barnes, and you'll be uh, waved at by a giant rabbit. Mm. <laughs> Probably be eight of them next month. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Next up. Well, in other news, we've done a podcast. That's true. That's sort a bit meta, of meta news. Yeah. Meta news. Yeah. Um, we've not only done one; we're doing another one. Oh, so we are. <laughs> so yeah, we had some social media. Moving on to social media, we had some reactions to our first podcast. Uh, what the fuck is this nonsense? Was, <laughs> was one from that, my that. mother. Um, <laughs> Paul Gill got in touch. She really liked it. Uh, he said, yeah, I really enjoyed it, even when he listened, even listening to it sober at my desk. Now, that made me feel sad uh, yeah. that, that people have no to listen to, to it. No one to be sober. sober. No, it is. No, it's not right. And, um, but it's nice that we were helping in, in an hour of need. At Moongolf uh, liked it, but he was hoping for more drinking and a fight at the end. It's early days. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm already... No, I'm not saying that. Get lost, Moongolfer. At K Jordan Seven, he thought we sounded posh. Do we? I Maybe you do sound posh. Are you putting a voice on? Yes. For this, yes. <laughs> it's a bit weird that he said that because didn't we get mental with him behind a container at Gosnell's Mead factory? <laughs> <laughs> 
in a light we industry business park. In yeah. So he knows how we talk. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, at Cyclodunk, thought we sounded the same, mm. which well, is a bit confusing, isn't it? So I was, I was wondering if it might be an idea for you to do the remainder of this podcast in a sort of falsetto <laughs> Cornish accent. Right. <laughs> How That'll would that be sound? Tough. That'll be tough. Is that, that what you said? <laughs> yeah, they can't both do it, then we'll sound the same again. We'll <laughs> <laughs> just both do it. <laughs> Ian McClelland. No, Ian, Ian M. McClelland uh, said that he thought our podcast was the new serial. <laughs> <laughs> Silly arse. <laughs> Uh, Pen- Penge Tourist Board was very amused by our wibblings and Bob Barber got in touch to say he'd given us a good review on iTunes mainly because we called his son Sam a genius <laughs> which he is so uh, with that in mind everyone we've mentioned today is a genius and uh, so are their children <laughs> on to Weatherspoon Watch or as we like to call it what has he been saying now <laughs> This is uh, Tim Martin, the uh, King of Weatherspoon, C- oh, he's CEO, King and Chairman, who said that uh, unless the EU stop bullying us, he may stop stocking EU drinks. Well, that's going to finish Europe, isn't it? Uh, really, it's going to finish. We had a quick look at the menu. There is a Rioja on there and a Polish beer, but that was about it. Mm. <laughs> He's also, he's also saying that uh, allowing 16, 17-year-olds to drink in pubs would help with binge drinking. Right, especially yeah. at 9am. Yeah, with the breakfast, a bottle yeah. of wine and breakfast. So, I mean, basically, you know, he's gone off the rails again, hasn't he? And I, I, I tweeted something last week. Um, Time to nationalise Weatherspoons. Far too valuable an asset to leave in the hands of a madman. Absolutely. And it got a bit of traction, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it did, yeah. Heather in marketing was very pleased with that. So uh, once I'd got a, sort of a, a posse together, we decided to go down to our local Weatherspoons and seize the means of production. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's quite, we're men of action. Absolutely. Annoyingly, I got caught up in the system and uh, I ended up with a vanilla stout and a half a peri-peri chicken. <laughs> and uh, in short, the revolution is going to have to wait. Another week, another week. Okay. And, well, Heather was also pleased with you this week because you've got a new toy. That's, that's right. I introduced her to a Superimpose app. Yeah, well, I was, I was just chatting with her. I said, listen, Heather Remarketing, why are you still selling deserter flip-flops, mm. you know, in the winter? Yeah. You need a new idea. Get with it. Mm. She said, well, you know, like what? I said, well, how about spot the pint? Just like that. Amazing. Yeah. I said, just take a scene... Superimpose a little pint on it with my new app, and then hey, you got a game. She was like, "Oh my god, that is actually quite good." It's better than spot the ball because the, the ball isn't ball. there, is it? No, it's exactly. Yeah, I mean, ball, it's, yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's quite easy. So, uh, Heather and Martin's exact words were, "Oh my god, that is actually a lot better than the stuff that Dirty South comes up with." She's fired. <laughs> <laughs> so there we there we have it, and suddenly. The next morning, I'm filling about in bed. Then I look at my phone. Spot the pint. It's bloody brilliant. I'm going to move it on with Spot the Pixel Pint, a pint the size of a pixel that actually takes you two or three days to look for with a 
perhaps a deserter branded microscope. What better way to spend the winter than looking for tiny pints in your pants? So she's very happy with me at the moment. Good. And uh, yeah, as I say, she's waiting for you to come up with something. <laughs> That's about it for this week's show, is it not? Um, we'd like to thank the chief for having us once more, and our producer Matt Hall, he's at Matsky, uh, for his expertise, and in particular for editing out that bit about the dwarf and the butter. <laughs> you can find us at our website, deserter.co.uk, and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Deserter Blog, or most probably in a pub near you. Plus, you can email us at hello at deserter.co.uk or sign up for our weekly email roundup on our homepage at the bottom of all our posts. Thank you very much for listening, if indeed you have been. Uh, do rate and review us on iTunes if you can be bothered. And remember, a pint a day helps you shirk, rest and play. <laughs> a pint? Of wine. Oh, of course. Cheers. Cheers. Barman! Barman!